Let's pray. Gracious God, we have just gone through a season where we have focused on the incredible gift of your Son, the incarnation of our Savior, Jesus, who came at a time in darkness and a great light dawned. And Father, that light of Christ is dawning today as it was then around the world. And Father, that light dawns most pointedly through us as your people. As we begin this new year, Father, I ask that each one of us individually might take a deep look into our our hearts as where we stand with the Savior. And Father, as we live our lives in word and deed to proclaim the wonder of Christ's gospel, Father, may you, by your Spirit, uh, encourage us and give us strength. And as a community of people called in this place, Father, may we exemplify the love and the grace and the power of the gospel. As we interact with one another, as we share life, as we do ministry together, Father, we need you and your spirit. And Father, as we seek to influence our neighborhood and our world with compassion and mercy and justice, Father, we ask that you would give us a deep sense of your presence in our lives. Father, may your spirit move us into places where it might be uncomfortable, places that you're calling us to touch lives profoundly. So Father, as we begin this new year, light of the world, the savior of the world, as we experienced his, his first coming in times past, Father, we long for the return of Jesus in the days ahead. Be with us by your Spirit. Amen. Well, as we prepare for baptism this morning, um, a few of our friends who will be baptized will be coming to share their faith stories in just a little bit. But um, before we move in that direction, I wanted to take just a few moments to just root us in some of the biblical understanding of what we are practicing this morning. Um, this morning, we have the opportunity together as a community to practice the sacraments. And if I say, as I say that word sacraments, um, you don't know what that is, um, that's okay. Um, because the word sacraments is really a church word um, that really isn't used in the context of everyday life, right? Um, but it really means, and it really focuses on two acts in the church, that of baptism and holy communion. But the word sacrament, as much as we don't use it that often, as much as we don't say it that often, we as the church believe that these two acts are really, really important to our community. The word sacrament comes from this Greek word, mysterion, which means something that has been hidden has been revealed. Isn't that a cool definition? Something that has been hidden has been revealed. What I love about that word is that it puts me in the posture of curiosity. It makes me wonder, as we participate in this, what is God going to show me? It makes me look for, it makes me notice, it makes me anticipate where God is going to show up. The closest illustration of this that I could think of is a holiday that we all just celebrated that involves a lot of gifts. Now, if a gift giver is any good, um, you try for the most part to keep that gift a secret, right? Um, this happened um, during my Christmas celebration. These are my two boys. Um, I'll give you a couple of guesses what they're unwrapping. 
they were really excited for their sleds. Although to them, um, since it was on their wish list, and then they saw these wrapped, that wasn't much of a mystery to them. Um, but as the gift giver, as the giver of the gift, which my brother and sister-in-law were of these sleds, you want the gift to remain unknown so that you can share in this moment when it's revealed. I hope as we move through the service this morning that you'll have your hearts and your eyes and your minds open to what God might reveal to you. And as a church, as we do the work of focusing not on a human effort, not something that we do, but on something that God does, we're praying that this joy of the revelation, the joy of God making himself known through these acts this morning will not just be a gift to us, but will be our very worship. As I was organizing this morning, I said to one of the individuals getting baptized, I said, I'm so glad you're taking this step of faith. And in the back of my head was this voice, we'll call the Holy Spirit. I, I think that's what it was. Um, I heard him saying, what are you talking about? And steps of faith, like that sounds like a nice phrase, but really it's this churchy word. And I found myself wondering, what, what am I saying? What is that all about? Because steps of faith are not something that we just do in the church that are like stair steps. It's not about going in a particular order, about doing the right thing. Steps of faith are about depth, not just doing something religious. Steps of faith move us towards a relationship. They're not just about going through the motions. Sacraments open up a space where we can recognize our brokenness, where we can recognize our humanness, and we come before a God who longs to meet these needs in us. It's not a ritual that we participate in just to check something off a list. If the church is the body of Christ, the sacraments of baptism and Holy Communion are the circulation system offering life and the ability to function in our world today. In just a little bit, we're going to hear from some of our friends who will be baptized. And when I was young, I grew up in a Baptist church. And uh, when the church was built, they obviously thought they were going to be baptizing a lot of people. So they put in this big tub in the back, right? This big fancy tub in the sanctuary. And I remember when I was old enough to kind of explore this mysterious room of the sanctuary. And I found that tub. Like as a kid, I was like, why can't we fill that up, throw some bubbles in it, and play in it? Like I didn't know why this had gone unnoticed by so many people. Little did I know that just a few years later, I would be standing in that tub sharing about my new faith in Jesus Christ. Baptism is a space where individuals can share about their faith in Jesus publicly as a way of entering into the body of Christ. We use water as a way of uniting with Jesus in his death and in his resurrection. Each person will be immersed in the water symbolizing Christ's death and then brought out of the water and into new life. And when this happens, this will be your cue as a church to cheer loudly. This is not optional. And remember, as a sacrament, we also celebrate something that is a mystery. Something where we know God is present, so we know that in this act, God shows up. Lastly, Holy Communion, which we'll take um, together later in the service is the sacrament of the church, and it's holy because it's set apart. And it's communion out of that Greek word koinonia, which means fellowship. Communion is all about community, about coming together and coming as one. 
this was so important that biblically we receive some instruction to go ahead and clear up any wrongdoing, to confess any sins to one another before taking part in communion in order to maintain the unity. There are four movements of communion that mirror the life of Christ. In communion, friends, we are chosen. We are chosen. 1 Corinthians 6.19 reminds us, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. Like Christ took the bread in the Last Supper with his disciples, he now takes us, he chooses us, and he gives us not only an identity, but a broader community. 1 Peter 2.16 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. In communion, we are not only chosen, but we are broken. As Jesus took the bread and broke it in order to share with his friends, we too acknowledge our brokenness. This is an internal reality that we have sinned, but also that we experience in our everyday lives the aching and the longing of all of creation, longing to be healed by their creator. Our world is imperfect. Our world is broken. The third movement of communion is a blessing. Jesus, he took the bread and he blessed it. And he gave his affirmation and he set it apart for a purpose. While blessings are found all throughout scripture as people respond to God, the blessing of the bread is also a blessing over us, an invitation to us to be both a vessel and a vehicle for Christ's service. Friends, at the communion table, we are chosen. We are broken we are blessed. And finally, we are given. We are given. Sometimes we give to others out of obligation. Because we feel like we should, we give because maybe it's the responsible thing to do, but in God's economy, this is not giving. As Jesus shared the bread with his friends around the table, he was giving of himself in a grace-filled act that was putting others before himself. Giving without an agenda. Giving without expecting to receive. We give because we are deeply rooted in knowing that we have been chosen. We have been broken. We have been blessed. And so we give. Not out of scarcity, but we give generously and authentically. Henry Nouwen, one of my favorite Christian authors, says this about these four movements. He says, these words also summarize my very life as a Christian, because as a Christian, I am called to become bread for the world, bread that is taken, blessed, broken, and given. Friends, the sacraments are a gift to the church. We come to them with seriousness, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. We come knowing that in these things, God is uniquely present. So we open up our minds, we open up our eyes and our hearts to how he might show up. Because what has been hidden is being revealed. May Jesus be known in our hearts, in our lives today. Amen. Amen. Those that are sharing their stories this morning can come on up. I just forced you to go first. Sorry. Um, well, this morning, as Colleen mentioned, this is a celebration of baptism, and we are able to hear the faith stories of our 
um, those in our community choosing baptism this morning. And uh, later in second service, we have seven people uh, being baptized. So we invited a couple of them to come and share um, along with us this morning and kind of connecting our two services. And so this morning we have Bob and Matt going to be baptized, um, and then Nichelle and Bjorn and Esther will be baptized in our second service alongside of um, some of their friends and uh, community members. And so we're just really excited. So I already said your names, but when you answer your first question, will you also just remind us of your names? Um, so here's our first question. How and when did you decide to follow Jesus? Since I have this, I guess I'm first, right? Mm. Bob Morse. Um, been here, coming here since 95. Yeah, Covenant. My family, Diane, my kids, Maddie and Luke, they're all here today. I gave them the option. They didn't have to be here if they didn't want to, but they did anyway, which I'm really happy that they did. And then my dear friends, Greg and Rita Iverson, are here as well, and Greg will be helping me today. Um, hopefully not drowning too much. <clears throat> so, um, you know, I was raised Catholic, um, very ritualistic, um, very traditional church that we were that we're in. Nothing against um, against anything like that uh, from what they have, but it's hard to um, ask, seek, and knock because um, asking is not always encouraged, and seeking. If you've ever been into a Catholic church, which I'm sure a lot of people have been. Uh, there aren't any Bibles. Um, they have mislets, um, primarily. And the, it's refer, referred a lot to the catechism, on what they have. But uh, I'd ask hard questions anyway. So that was part of my life journey, ask, seek, and knock, to be able to ask a lot of questions. And the priests, I found out, couldn't answer those questions or what they're doing. So I was doing my own study to find out where they were. And then just through life itself, um, I had a... Um, uh, 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 a very large trial in my life where I almost lost my life. Um, I don't want to sound so dramatic, but uh, it was one of those things where uh, it just forced me down deeper to be able to do that. And um, lastly, a lot of my friends and family um, have been uh, very important in my journey all the way through. Just what you witness in life. Thanks. Your turn. <clears throat> was your life-threatening experience, was it like public speaking, trying to... <clears throat> That's what it was. Uh, my name is Matt Ostendorf. Um, the reason that I asked to be baptized today um, was similar um, to Rob with um, a number of trials have uh, happened. Um, over, over life, and um, signs trying to seek out answers and um, reasons and strength. I asked a number of questions. Um, one person that I asked a question to and got into a conversation with um, told me about his faith and how um, when he was presented with a time in his life where his life uh, would have been in danger, could have been in danger, and he put himself in front of other people because he knew that he had been saved and had salvation waiting for him and that other people that were in that uh, spot weren't uh, saved yet, but he had hope for them to be. Um, he really inspired me that 
getting that kind of faith and that kind of um, understanding in the in the word um, could just be life changing and just give me confidence to do all kinds of stuff. So um, I really kind of dove into um, a faith journey and asked a lot of questions and um, I got uh, held up through hard times with faith. It seemed like it got me through some really tough times and I told myself over and over that I want to experience the joy of um, having a relationship with Christ when things are good and over the last year, six months, things have been awesome and my faith has been stronger and stronger and um, I can't imagine uh, being happier than what I am right now and um, I believe that it's because I've cast my worries onto Christ and I want to take that next step. My name's Nichelle. Um, it was over the last year that I found Jesus on the road to recovery. I suffered for years with real alcoholism, anxiety, and depression, and it was at my darkest hour that I found AA. Um, in AA, I made the decision to turn my life and my care over to God. And it is only when I did that that I was able to maintain sobriety and that God was able to lift my burden. Now, today, I know that I am not the mistakes that I made. I am a child of God and a Jesus follower. Thank you. I'm Bjorn, um, and I think that when I decided to uh, turn my life over to Christ was my first or second time at Covenant Pines um, on U-turn night. I realized that I wanted to do that um, and have been striving for that since then. Um, I'm Esther, and for me, um, deciding to turn my life over to Christ was kind of a more gradual process. Um, um, for me, it was kind of about um, the longing and kind of knowing that there's something else out there and that this life isn't all there is. Um, so, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I was going to make her hold on to it, but she just passed it back down. So uh, thank you all for sharing um, those pieces. And you may have covered some of this in your first uh, answer, but who or um, what has been important to you in your faith journey? So who or what? Um, in following Jesus and claiming him, um, what I've learned a lot on, on everything is that, um, and I tell people this too, is that there's, there's really no pressure. There's no pressure on, on you at all. Doesn't it say that the Holy Spirit will tell you what to say? Doesn't he give you the words? You just have to be prepared. If you study and you show up and you ask, I mean, that's really important. Really, really, really important. I can't emphasize that more than, than that because um, certain things will happen when you just you ask for something to be ready for you, um, that he'll set the table for you um, for whatever happens. And lo and behold, it's, it's all set up. You just have to show up. You just got to show up. 
And um, so it's been really important to discourse my wife, Diane, and um, my kids, but uh, I do want to tell a story a little bit about Greg, um, a little bit on that. We, if we were part of a, um, a Christian retreat called Curcio, and um, I think in this one it was Anitas and Cristo that we went, and um, served on many teams and some different things and stuff too. I won't say go into it because maybe there's some people in this room that decide to go through it, and I'm not going to spoil any surprises. But um, on that, there, uh, Greg, myself, and another friend of ours, Charlie Wright, um, decided that we'd uh, meet on a weekly basis um, for accountability and just to talk about share our lives, pray for each other. Um, show up for events that are there, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you know what? It's been 14 years of weekly meetings on every Friday. And so my brother, Greg, and I, I'd say it dearly, my brother uh, is here uh, to help me with this. And he's the one that coined the phrase and said to, to, to people, um, this is the one portion where water is thicker than blood. This is our family. That'll preach. <laughs> that was it. Thank you. Um, so the important people that have been uh, in my faith journey, uh, there's a number of them in the room today. Um, my wife, Jessica. Um, when I thought about uh, how she's helped me along, um, the analogy of um, the you can't push a rope really came, that uh, I don't really do a whole lot of anything unless I decide I'm going to do it, and um, that I have all the facts there, and Jessica recognized that, and so through her prayer, prayers and her um, examples of being calm, during adversity and uh, putting her faith in Christ, she really pulled me towards my faith. Um, my daughters, Anna and Georgia, um, they're the reason that I do all the not fun stuff in life. Have a mortgage, have a responsibility, follow the rules or so I can provide for them. And um, it was really hard to know if I was doing enough but um, just seeing that me living as best I can according to the gospel and having them follow it has been an um, awesome inspiration for me. Um, my mom, Charlene, um, who we've used uh, church and the gospel to discuss hard times and grow closer, and has also um, provided tools in my faith journey with uh, my Bible and, uh, and that. Um, I have a number of brothers as well. Um, some of them are in the room. Uh, they provided um, inspiration to me. They've provided uh, knowledge to me. And I think that what they've provided most to me through our uh, coming together in Christ is that um, they've shown me that it's um, safe and the right thing to do and it's manly to um, accept Christ as your Savior and to um, care for care for one another um, and being able to give uh, that love and be able to receive it has been 
has been awesome. Um, the men's ministry here at Covenant Pines has been totally welcoming. Um, it's been experiences where I can show up and just uh, see how it has affected guys' lives, share when I want to and be quiet when I want to, and becoming part of that has been awesome. And then the staff here at Covenant Pines um, at Roseville Covenant <coughs> has been great. Um, there's been a few times when I've received emails or phone calls or stuff that's been personal to me and then also just asked me to be part of this community to um, grill burgers and my acceptance to, to do stuff for the, for the, for the leadership um, really kind of showed me that um, the church is, is a family and not just a, a series of leaders that um, I'm supposed to follow but I'm supposed to be a part of. So this church has been awesome. AA brought me to a place where um, I could um, learn the 12 steps of recovery, and in that 12 steps, God plays a huge role. Um, in AA, they strongly suggest sponsorship. A sponsor is someone who helps guide you through your um, steps of recovery. Um, I watched my sponsor for months in those rooms and before I decided to ask her because I wanted to pick someone that could truly help me and I chose to ask Megan um, because she had something that I wanted. She had unshakable faith um, so she has played the biggest role for me um, in finding Jesus and recognizing the blessings and signs that he has delivered for me and my, Mar uh, my counselor, Marzak, as well. Um, I think some of the people that have helped me through my journey are all the pastors here um, and all my counselors at camp and uh, Sunday school teachers and uh, small group leaders at youth group. Um, my parents, definitely. Uh, yeah, that's it. Um, I think for me, there's been a lot of people, um, but the one that most recently um, impacted my faith was, believe it or not, my geometry teacher. Um, <laughs> but she has a really strong faith, and um, uh, you kind of know that no matter what happens, she'll always have that faith. And I was kind of listening to her talk, and I was like, I want that. Like, what? what's different? So that kind of um, started me on a journey to discover um, what more there is. That's awesome. Thank you all for sharing.